0: Welcome to The Aesthetic Effect, a podcast where beauty meets innovation. Your host is Flavio from Fiore Aesthetics.
1: Hi guys and welcome to a new episode of the Esthetic Effect podcast. I'm Flavio your host and today I have a fantastic guest on. Without further ado, let's welcome Louis Spence.
0: Hello you gorgeous guys watching. Hello gorgeous Flavio. Hello Louis. How are you? You okay? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to talk about All of the wonderful treatments you do, all the lovely things I love having done.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, Louis, thank you so much for being part of this. I'm so happy to have you on. Louis, listen, obviously we all know that you are an amazing dancer and choreographer and TV personality. Did you feel any pressure in the early stage of your career to look in a sort of way or to fit within an aesthetic canon at that time? Oh, I mean, 100%. I mean, the whole of my industry, show
0: business, is focused on your image, how you look. I mean, facially, your body. Fortunately, when I was younger, you know, gravity hadn't kicked in on my face, so it sort of was holding up quite well. When I was younger and dancing, it was everything about show business is how you look. And facially, that kind of thing was fine when I was younger. But physically, for your body, it was very important, especially in the, like, you know, early nineties and two thousands. I had to work that little bit harder to get noticed because I was that much shorter. I wouldn't say I felt
1: under pressure, but did what you I feel the pressure? Did you, did you feel the pressure? Or you didn't feel the pressure so of it?
0: It wasn't it was it was a pressure, but there was there was a certain standard you had to be, and if you felt as though you were falling below that, then you would get pressured in yourself. You know, I think I have more of a pressure now, being older knowing that I had a physicality that was so natural and just you know I went to the gym I'd just pump up I could eat what I wanted and I thought that I would Absolutely. never gain weight I would never lose my you know my waistline my pecs would never get saggy you know I'd never get a back fat or belly fat but unfortunately when you get to a certain age no matter how hard you train how much you diet there's certain things that just don't go it's just age so I find that quite hard to accept I'm getting much
1: better I find that quite hard to accept. And what was the transition, would you say, in between when you, when you were, I mean, you're still looking beautiful and young, obviously. Thanks, darling. But well, I mean, obviously. you know. You've given me certain little tweaks in that, darling, so what can I say? <laughs> you're still, what, what was the transition in between, like, when you were fully on as a dancer and choreographer into that transition out of it? Was it quite difficult to transition from that period or was it like a normal transition that you felt like, this is it, like, you know, this is what happens to all of us, even yeah. if, like football players or tennis players in general. How was that transition for you? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think the same thing, like you're saying, for those kind of sportsmen, for footballers, yeah. tennis players, yeah. for dancers, it's a very short career. We start very young, like sometimes, yeah. I started when I was five, four. Wow. So, you know, and I did it my whole life. It's very intense, but it's a very short career. So you get to do these amazing things and travel the world. You know, I was like, you know, traveling the world with the Spice Girls, staying in five-star hotels with them. And there's not many dancers who got the opportunity to travel to America. Because yeah. when when we were doing that, there's, you know, the biggest band before the Spice Girls got Broke America was the Beatles and they didn't have dancers. Yeah. So it's yeah. an amazing yeah. opportunity, yeah. you know, to actually do that so all the wonderful things i got to do and then you get to us i got to an age where i thought i'm just too old to be dancing behind you know 17 18 year olds and i've done everything i felt as though i'd wanted to do i travel the world i've done pop i've done theater you know really? i've do, done many different things and i just felt as though it was my time to stop but it was a bit of a shock
1: Sure. And would you say, like, you obviously have been a very successful TV career. Now you've been in so many shows. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think, for example, like then again another transition from being an athlete, you know, looking up from yeah. the to top notch, and now to be on TV so often. Yeah. How do you? How do you feel like keeping up? You know, your skin. To, to, to be camera ready, yeah. your face to be camera ready. Is that a different kind of pressure? 100
0: 100%. 100%. It was very different when, I mean, I become famous very unexpectedly from Pineapple doing an observation documentary. There's no, I never Love even that thought show. that this would happen to me. No, it, it wasn't even in my, you know, I, I didn't even think it. We were just doing a show that was on Sky, thought, oh, no, I'm going to watch it, you know. But when it did happen, I mean, i have like, you know, It aired on the 10th of February, and I was on Jonathan Ross with Gwyneth Paltrow, Paul Weller, and some other people, like, in April. It was just insane. The difference was, when I was a dancer, or if I was in the West End, you know, when I was in Cats, I was a lead role, but my face was full of makeup. When I was doing Spice Girls Take That, whoever I was dancing with, I was a background dancer. So the focus wasn't on me, it was on them, but I was part of the production But when the focus became on me, and then I would look at my face like this on a camera, I would listen to my voice. I would see my reactions. It was a very different experience. And you become very critical of yourself because you don't really know what you sound like. You don't realize you maybe, you know, do this all the time or do that. There's certain little quirks or habits you have, so... It was a very, very different experience and it was very, it was, and it was quite intense because I became famous and I was 41 going on 42. So really, you yes. know, I was out of my prime in a sense, as in already my face had started to change. I already started to get gray hair in my beard. So I already started to get a few lines. You know, my face, I already looked different and I didn't know I yeah, looked
1: yeah, like yeah. that.
0: Because when I looked in the mirror, I just see myself in the morning. But when you see yourself on a camera or on a TV show for like five minutes, you really study yourself. And I thought, I didn't realize I looked like that. I didn't realize that, yeah. you know, this sort of was a bit wonky or that was like this. So, yeah, it was very different and very intense. And I was much more critical of myself
1: well, that time yeah. than as I, before when I was as a dancer. Wow. And Louis, just, you know, you touched a really important point, actually. And hopefully I'm, I'm able to ask you this question, but... me oh, what you like? Know, There's no, um, no
0: bar's hold, darling. I've got nothing to hide. I don't care what you want Aww. to
1: ask How did... It, can I... I'm very actually curious to, to understand how did that potentially affect your mental health? Like, you know, this... Seeing yourself, you know, these different yeah. lights and different corners, you know, did it make you feel... You know, did he change in any which way? Did he want you to change something about yeah. yourself to free standards? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I've always suffered with mental health. I've had anxiety for, well, as long as I can remember, from a child. And yeah. so I've always suffered with a lot of anxiety. Not really so much depression, but more anxiety. Yeah. But this, literally, my anxiety went, you know, off the scalp Because even though I seemed like a very confident and social person on the TV shows, I was in a surrounding that I was comfortable with. i bit people yeah. I was comfortable with, but having like strangers just approaching you and touching you and wanting to talk to you, and they wanted that person that they'd seen on the TV, and that was a part of me, but it wasn't the whole of me. And yeah. That sort of yeah. sent my my anxiety, you know, right over the edge. I, you know. I become, you know, actually quite reclusive. I didn't really want to go out. I would turn that person on when I needed to. In a way, it sort of takes away your, well, obviously, your anonymity yeah. and your freedom. And I'm just saying that from somebody who's, you know, I'm not a major celebrity by any means. I know David and Victoria Beckham or, you know, like when I was with the Spice Girls. It's a completely different league. Yeah. But still, it's, even though I'd, I'd, I'd been brought up in that industry and I'd been with mega-famous people and I'd seen them being... Chased by paparazzi, or you know, all these things happening to them. I was on the outside looking in, and yeah. actually, when I looked in, I thought it looked quite glamorous. I thought, oh, how fabulous that must be, because you do. I think anyone yeah. does. But the reality of it is not really because, like I say, you lose your you lose your sense of privacy. And listen, I'm I don't care if people want to take photos, come up to me. That's I don't mean it like that because I've been very privileged. What's happened yeah. to me has given me a very privileged life. So. You know, I'm not saying that I feel bad for that having to be poor me. It's given me anxiety because of this. I already had it. It just made it yes. worse. But, you know, on the other hand, I do understand what a privileged life I've been given from the exposure that I had. And it comes at a price. And that price is, you know, I have to accept that if members of the public want to come and speak to me, I have to be polite to them. I have to give them what they want because they have given
1: me so much. Absolutely if you obviously we know now that you know the social media world like you know twitter instagram facebook you know everything is out there so quick these days if you get your career that you have had they still have starting today with the pressure of literally having this you know bombarded from every corner do you think it would be the same or a little different or maybe not change it at no, all. No, I think it would have been, I think,
0: I think I think it would have been very different because when I first became famous, there was Twitter. And that was fairly new as well. And I did go on to it. Yeah. And like, you know, in, in in a very short period of going on to it, I had like a million followers. You know, it was insane. You know, people just, you know, you put rubbish up and whatever. But yeah. I think the way that you structure your career now, if you're in the public eye is very much social media based. Yeah. And you've got to be careful what you say, careful what you do. Even if you're somebody like me, I say, you know, I don't represent gay people. I don't represent LGBTQ. Even though I am gay, I don't want that responsibility of being the spokesperson because I'm really not educated on every part of that. So, But you're already put into that. That's already, because you are, you're in the public eye, you have to be aware of what you say, how you say it, um, because Absolutely. it can affect people. So it's very different now how you how you portray yourself. And sometimes, you know, it, you're not portraying your true self because you're having to Absolutely. protect, one, your brand, um, two, other people who may be influenced by what you're saying. And yes. also the other thing is, thank God it happened to me yes. when it did. Financially, yes. it's very different as well. When I first became famous... There wasn't really, uh, TOWIE hadn't started, Chelsea hadn't started, um, I don't think Geordie Shaw had. And even though mine was an observational documentary, it was viewed as some kind of reality, but it wasn't, it wasn't scripted. But the fact is, financially, I lucked out because I became this unique kind of persona that everybody wanted a bit of. And there wasn't all the people from Love Island, people from TOWIE people from Geordie Shore, people from Chelsea. It was a very small pool. So there was a lot more money. So I fortunately won, you know, like I say, financially, I lucked out, which was great for me. Whereas now, you know, if you say I don't want to do a job, they go to the next game. Do you know what I mean? Or the next one. You know, there's always somebody who will say yes. And so, you know, I I count myself very lucky that even though – and we were talking about mental health and all of that and things yeah. that I out to sacrifice and that. I got, you know, I got rewarded very well financially That's for awesome. it. Whereas now, you know, these kids are coming out and doing these shows and then no one's interested in them once the next season comes on and it's so traumatic for them. You know, and, and talk about, we're talking about aesthetics for somebody, I, like I said, I became famous when I was older. These kids are becoming famous like 20, 21, 22. For them... It's even more so the aesthetic, things maybe they don't need doing yet, they absolutely don't need. They over-tweet, they over-lip-feel, they over-cheek-feel, and they become lost in that at such a young age because they will go to their local hairdresser who has gone on a weekend course to do fillers and Botox. They end up coming out like a cyclops with one eyebrow up here, you know, they've got, I mean, I don't know about apples in their cheeks, darling. Yeah. Some of them look like they've got melons, you know, because they, they don't have the financial means to go with right. somebody who's a real specialist, right. knows what they're doing, and will tell them the truth. You don't need this. Absolutely. This is what I will do. So I think the pressure for them is much more in the aesthetic world. And I'm sure you must have had people come in here oh who have gone to their local hairdressers. Oh my god, why they're doing someone cutting someone's hair, they're in a corner in a cupboard, <laughs> having their face filled <laughs> with you
1: know, yeah. you
0: don't know what with somebody who really hasn't
1: got I the know. knowledge
0: or the expertise. I That's
1: think it's very thing. important. I think it's very important, Louis, to learn how to say no. And and a lot of people they just don't feel the need to say, you know, like one thing is that we always do here. If someone doesn't need a treatment, the word is literally no, you don't need it and it stop, you know. But well, you touch a very good point, and I'd love to know what Louis Spence does to look so fabulous. Oh, darling, <laughs> <stunning. laughs> right. Okay, well, how much time have you got?
0: <laughs> At the moment, at the moment, I have almost nothing. But after this session, I don't know if you're going to little film a little bit of it, you're going to be giving me some lovely treatment.
1: <laughs> so you can film I a
0: but I would say, at the moment, I've got nothing. I've just done pantomime. So I've just done 54 shows in a month. And when I do pantomime, it's very expressive. So I do like... I have I have my treatments twice a year normally. But when I do pantomime, I prefer to be a bit more expressive because, you know, for the show, right. and it's live yeah. in a the theatre. I think it's important.
1: But... What have I had done? What would be be your favorite? So if I can ask one of your favorite treatments that you've done like any like years ago, lately, something that really worked for you? I
0: think my I think my overall favorite treatment, when it's done by an absolute professional who knows exactly what they're doing and do exactly what you ask. And I think it's very important for men. For women, not so much. I'm not saying it's not important, but what I'm going to get to is how the look happens after. One of my favourites is Botox. The reason being is that it's fairly instant. It lasts for, you know, six months. It's a good result. And the thing is, I don't do these things for other people. I would, anyone wants to know, I'll tell them exactly why I've done it. I'm not bothered. It's not for them. At my age now, it is for me because once you get to a certain age, when you wake up in the morning and you just don't look, you just constantly look tired mm-hmm. for some reason. It's just age. That's what it is. Yeah. Now, there's a little file and there's some little needles that you can have little bits of treatment done by somebody who knows what they're doing. and you wake up in the morning, then look in the mirror, and you look fresh, and you feel good about yourself. That's what's important for me. I don't want to be... Now, there's people who like to have Botox and not move, like yep, not their yep, eyebrows, yep, nothing. Yep. I don't like that. I personally like it very naturally. I still like to have a bit of movement. And for men, the one thing I have had done before, what has happened to me, and I never went back to the person, was... Now, any, it can happen to anyone, i got an arch in my eyebrow which I absolutely hate, like yeah, the fuck yeah, eyebrows. No, no, no. Which I absolutely...
1: Yeah, not it, not it.
0: You know, and for me, when I have my Botox, I like... When my eyebrows aren't I like to... When I... Like, even if I can't lift yeah. up, I like my eyebrows to stay where they are. Not if I try to lift up this... No, time,
1: no, 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 no. You see?
0: So that's why it's important to get something... Mm. My favourite is, is Botox, because like I said, the convenience is quick, it has great results, and it lasts for a long time. I've had mono threads, which isn't the threads, as you know, which you put in and pull up like a string. They're like little toothpicks, you know the toothpicks you get? And it has a thread in them, a very fine thread. And you just, you know, I had it all under my chin, all along here. And what I'd explain it as, it's like scaffolding. So you can have it in this way, and then they can put it in that way. And what happens is...
1: I mean, you'll be more yeah, expert yeah, than me. Um, is it's it's cleaned it, it really well, actually. So, yeah, it
0: stimulates your collagen. So your collagen then, so it fills out. But when you're putting the monofilament in like this and like this, it's like scaffolding. Yeah, that's, exactly that's exactly what it is. is. And literally, it made a difference to my team because I started to get that, that kind of... It's like as you get older, yeah, you start to get this... This bit here, but I also had it in my like here as well. You can have it all over your face, and that's my one of my favourites too. I love Profilo. You know the treatment where you have the hyaluronic acid. You know that, yes, that's been and right? that really, yeah, and it really works. That's something which is fairly instant as well because you do notice after a couple of weeks, you wake up and your skin looks alive and fresh, and it does plump up. You just look,
1: yeah, you
0: just look. Fresh. Fresh. So if you've had the Botox, and you have the Profilo, then the lines are relaxed, so you feel that. But and then your skin is like, it's vibrant. Yeah. It's like your skin is alive. You can feel the fluid in it. It's it's, it's just plumper and it just looks really healthy. I've had them fat injections. Not them, no, the, the ones, not the orange ones. I had some years ago. That
1: didn't really work for me. Not the new semi-glue, not that se- We're talking about face, se- right? Was it some injection? No, I had that on my
0: stomach. I had oh, it on my yes. chin as well. Yes, got it. So, yeah, so. yeah, I had it on my chin, but I didn't find that worked too well for my chin. I found the threads worked a lot better. Botox, I've had a little bit of filler before. I had filler here, there, which my lines aren't too deep there, actually. My lines aren't too bad there, considering yeah. like my age. But when I had them there, I liked the result when I was like this. But... It just felt a little bit strange. When I tried to smile, I felt as though it sort of blocked my smile. So I felt as though I couldn't smile fully. But yeah, so that's that's sort of the treatment I've had. I mean, really, I I will try anything that is not permanent
1: (laughs) in a sense that will give me a natural look and just make me look fresh. But that's exactly what we want. I think the whole industry, anyway, Louis, is moving away from the old-fashioned things that we used to years ago, of bigger, bigger lip, bigger cheeks, you know. We kind of shifting towards a way more natural way of approaching the aesthetic. And I think things that you do, they're brilliant because they keep you looking as you do for many years to come without changing the way you look completely. So you yeah. look as Louis... Fresh Louis for years to come from your hyaluronic acid, the little doctors, you know, these are just the best treatment just to look natural and most importantly, fresh. I I think I think that the the most important thing is is
0: once you get to a certain age, that you know, some people can think that aesthetic treatment is expensive. It is not, because if you have it, maybe like I say, twice a year, then the benefits you get from it outweigh the cost by, because you feel so much more positive and better about yourself. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, going and getting a face or having cheeks filled or having your lips like this. What I'm talking about is what, you know, what you give to me, that very natural look that keeps me fresh. And people say to me, you look well, you know, and I will um. say to them, instead of, most people don't say, oh, you, what have you done? Because I look so natural. But I would say to them, oh, I've had a um, hyaluronic acid, yeah. I've had that, or yeah. I've had a little bit of Botox here, or yeah. had a little bit of filler there. And yeah. they're like, oh my God, I wouldn't have known because it looks natural. But like I say, I think, you know, and also the, these people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people may go out to eat with their friends on a Friday and it will cost them maybe, let's say, 60 quid a head. And then they get maybe three. I'm being, you know, three bottles of wine a week at six pounds or even 10 pounds, that's 30 pounds. Yeah. So you do that over a month, then, you know, in one month, you could have a treatment that's going to last for six months. And even if you are having those bottles of wine, it's replenished your skin. It's replumped it. It's, re, you know, done all of that to it. And you will feel better about yourself rather than thinking, oh, I have a really every weekend and I look like crap. Well, treat yourself once every six months or once every three months. You can go out and do that and you'll still look fabulous. Because, believe me, you know, gravity, no matter who, unless that's you can must, walk on your hands and yes. talk out of your ass, which I can, you've got no chance. It will get everybody. So, all yes. of these treatments, I'm not talking like I say, not going under the knife, all of these aesthetic treatments, all the ones that replenish your skin with your uh, amino acids, with your hyaluronic that's acid, all those. Yes. treat yourself you will not literally you will not think that was a waste of money because you will look fabulous oh
1: louie i've got one more question for thought, you my darling Because i can pull the leg off a chair you need to tell me to shut <laughs> up <laughs> Louis. if you if you, what advice would you give a young Louis starting in the industry now that you have all this experience under your belt well I, I, well, I know what that would
0: be. This is in everything. Don't worry about what hasn't happened and don't worry about what may happen. And I know everybody says this. I know people say, live yeah. in the moment. It's very hard to live in the moment. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. The, mm-hmm. the truth of it is, the one blessing that happens as you get older, you realise that all the worrying you did about England how you look, what job you're going to get, where you're going to move, if you're going to have a house, all of those worries, and then you get to a certain age and think, well, nothing changed. Absolutely. I'm still here. I'm still Absolutely. the same person. And all I spend all of that time unnecessarily worrying about money, about, you know, and I know, as long as you've got your health, you Absolutely. love yourself, and if you're fortunate to have somebody that loves you, then that is it. Don't don't look any further. Just really try and embrace yourself, yes. enjoy life. It's too short. And I know people say that when they get older, but I have had such a privileged life and, you know, when I was dancing and then what happened to me after, it didn't change who I was as a person, my anxieties, my insecurities. But with age, I have learned that they are not worth worrying about. Just worry about the moment you're in. And if the moment you're in is good, life is good.
1: So true, Louis. Well, let me just say one thing, lou you still got it, never lost it. <laughs> Louis, thank you so much. I've had such a great fun. Thank you so much for this. You're welcome, and- my darling. And can I just say thank you as well for all the
0: wonderful treatments, for keeping my skin young, for keeping me looking like this, and always being honest and telling me yes or no, this is right or this is wrong. Because I think the most important the most important thing, if you are having any kind of aesthetic treatment, is to go to a practitioner who is fully qualified and knows what
1: they're doing. That, that is key. I know. Louis, thank you so much. It was back to You. Mm. Ciao, bello. Ciao, ciao. Please do not forget to like and subscribe and stay tuned with us for the next episode. Thank you for joining the Aesthetic Effect podcast.